This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Season 2, Episode 1. My health or my privacy? Does it have to be a choice? When the question is posed so starkly, your answer would always be, well, of course, my health comes first. If you don't have your health, what is your privacy worth? Or for that matter, my right to leave my home, or my right to visit with my family and friends, or my right to go to work, or to travel, or to worship. Again, if you don't have your health, those rights are almost meaningless. Tomorrow, Tuesday, April 28th, marks the beginning of the seventh week of shelter-in-place here in San Francisco. And in San Francisco and the Bay Area generally, people have been very disciplined and compliant following the stay-at-home orders, wearing masks, social distancing, staying out of large places and supermarkets and what have you. After all, it's it's all for our own good, isn't it? And look at how the curve of new infections, and COVID-19 fatalities has flattened and continues to decline. It appears to be working, and it appears to be keeping me and my family safe. And in San Francisco, and more broadly California, our fatality rate and our total number of cases is so much lower than New York. We must be doing something right is what most people here in San Francisco think. So now, as we begin our seventh week of lockdown, with no specific target date of a return to normal in our state or our city, people are growing somewhat restive, a little bit impatient. The 100% compliance rate that we had several weeks ago is beginning to fray at the edges as people surreptitiously have to sneak back to work. Anecdotally, I'm seeing more pickups and vans on the road, more tradespeople out and about, job sites beginning to open up. So people are getting back to normal, even before the green light has been given to them, primarily because they need to put food on the table They're missing their salaries, and without going back to work, if they don't work, they don't get paid. So we are beginning to see a little bit of fraying around the edges here in the Bay Area with regard to 100% compliance. Also, other states are taking early steps to reopen their societies and their economies. So it can't be long before California follows suit So in a sense, I guess we have some early adopters in California who are getting out a little bit ahead of the curve and beginning their own get back to normal. But as Dr. Burks has said, social distancing will probably be with us through the summer. So what if we have to wear a mask, if we have to distance ourselves six feet from the next person, It's still worth it, right? 
Well, not so fast. Phase two of this pandemic in the United States and elsewhere will require mass testing and tracing of COVID-19 victims and exposees in order to get back to normal. That is the price, that is the trade-off. And it's been, uh, it's been stated by several governors, our own governor here in California, Governor Cuomo in New York, have made it very clear that testing and tracking is going to be an important part of the get back to normal plan. 5.1 million Americans have been tested so far as of this past weekend. However, that is less than 2% of our total population. Most states have declared mass texting to be the mass testing to be the requirement to reopen our economies. So how will this mass testing and tracking interfere with our right to privacy? And will the majority of Americans tolerate it? And if they tolerate it, how long will they tolerate it? But testing and tracking is key to ensuring that we don't have a second resurgence of COVID-19. On Tuesday, April 28th, Apple and Google will roll out their iPhone-based, Android-based COVID-19 tracker. How will it work? The application programming interface, the acronym is API, application programming interface, which has been developed by Apple and Google, will be shared by both companies with health authorities around the world, here in the United States, at the state level, at the local level. That will begin tomorrow, Tuesday. And by providing the API to local health authorities, each local health authority can customize that API to their specific geography, their specific cultural norms, of course, language, etc. So tomorrow is a very important day in getting the API in the hands of health authorities around the world, and particularly here in the United States and in California and San Francisco. Here is the explanation, the technical explanation, as to how contact tracing on your iPhone or Android is going to work. Contact tracing apps are based on the principle that your smartphone can be used to log whenever two people are in close proximity for long enough so that there's a high risk of contagion if one of them has the coronavirus. That is the principle. And the API builds off that principle to enable you to be alerted through text that you've come in contact with someone who has the coronavirus. That's what the smartphone apps, tracking apps do. That's how they will work. If one of the smartphone owners is later diagnosed as having caught the virus, others might, and the others that they have infected can be sent alerts, text alerts, advising them to get tested, to go to the doctor, 
to go into self-isolation, but most importantly, a very early alert that you have been exposed to someone who has the coronavirus. It won't tell you who that person is, but it will simply tell you by text, you have been exposed to someone who has the coronavirus. You should go to your doctor, get tested, go into self-isolation, and essentially move very fast, get out of circulation, and prevent you from becoming the next carrier to infect your family or friends. By combining the use of these apps with other measures like manual contact and tracking by real people and frequent hand washing, the spread of the disease can be slowed or stopped. Manual tracking played a very important role, particularly in Germany in January and February of this year, in slowing down the spread of COVID-19 in Germany. Uh, they were very effective in doing the old-fashioned contact tracing of people who had been exposed to someone who had the coronavirus. And as a result, Germany's rate of COVID-19 has been materially, materially lower than that of other EU member countries. Apple and Google will be using Bluetooth low energy beacons. And what that means in English essentially is that two smartphones uh, figuratively shake hands, if you will, and exchange identifying numeric information uh, of smartphone A contacted smartphone B. It won't mention names, it won't mention addresses, but it will be a numeric identifier. Apple and Google say that they have modified their tracking system based on privacy concerns and inputs from health authorities throughout the world, in the United States, um, both governments and data protection watchdogs. Additionally, both Apple and Google have introduced encryption into the API to ensure that whatever information is picked up in these handshake connections between the smartphone is encrypted and cannot be hacked or misused by bad actors. Apple will require all users of their iPhones to install a new version of their iOS 13 to use the API. The Android smartphone, which uses version six of Google's operating system, will be fine. So it's important to keep in mind that once again, this app is voluntary. And if you have an Apple iPhone, you will be notified that you're going to have to install a new version of iOS 13 in order to make the app work. So you're gonna to have to take two steps. You'll be number one, advised of the fact that you have to install a new iOS 13, and number two, you have to install it. And then number three, you have to download the app, which should be ready within the next two to three weeks, probably provided by your local health provider. Very important in all of this, 
when new apps become available, do not, I repeat, do not use an app other than an officially approved uh, local health authority or state health authority app. Make sure that it has that seal of approval. You don't want to be using uh, some app which is floating out there, a bogus app or, or a bot app or a Russian app uh, that could lend itself to mischief and misuse. So please do bear that in mind as the app eventually does become available. So Apple and Google's first version of the tracker will be rolled out to developers starting tomorrow, Tuesday, April 28th. And uh, again, as I said, your local health authority, your state health authority will be, will be adapting that app for local use. Now, once the apps are in use here in the United States, and I expect that tens of millions of smartphone owners will download those apps and will participate. I certainly intend to, and I would encourage all my listeners to do likewise. Once again, between health and privacy, I'm always going to err on the side of health, health for me, health for my friends, health for my family, health for the community at large. So I encourage everyone to be careful as the apps do become available that the app that you choose to download is an app which is coming from your local health authority or your state health authority. That said, a couple of considerations that we need to be sensitive to. Once the pandemic is over, number one, will we be able to delete the app? Number two, the metadata which has been sucked up into the cloud here in the United States, assuming we have tens of millions of uh, of Americans who download the app, all of that metadata which is in the cloud, what's going to happen to that? I haven't read any commitment from either Apple or Google, or for that matter, at the federal, state, or local level to delete or erase that metadata. So that is a question mark, that is a concern. Most importantly, I would go ahead and download the app even if I can't answer that question on the metadata, because at this point we are in a health crisis. So, but do keep in mind that that question is still out there. So effectively, as we return to normal life, our return to normal life is going to be conditional on continuing to surrender our privacy to track your smartphone. So your smartphone essentially is going to be your best friend in that uh, it can protect you so that if you come in contact with a coronavirus carrier, your iPhone within hours or a day or so will be able to tell you that you have been exposed to a coronavirus carrier, assuming that you download the app. So that's, that's very positive. But on the other hand, um, just be, be aware that the use of data, as we have found with bank records and credit card records in the past, has been hacked, has been misused, etc. To the extent that Apple and Google have committed to encrypt the data, 
my assumption is that hacking of the data or manipulation of the data by uh, bad actors is going to be next to impossible to do. But let us not forget that both Apple and Google um, have a very spotty record when it comes to yielding to pressure from foreign governments. I'm thinking particularly uh, of China, where China has pressured both Apple and Google in the past, not, in, not to my knowledge in this particular case, but certainly in other cases, uh, China has pressured both Apple and Google to conform with, with certain Chinese uh, censorship policies. And um, so let us be aware that both of these companies have a, uh, I'm somewhat skeptical of their ability to stand tall and stand strong against any government's pressure to uh, access and manipulate that metadata. Stay tuned, do your homework, and follow the rollout of the new tracking apps over the next three weeks. Now, let's take a look briefly at what Australia is doing, because Australia has already introduced on a national basis their own tracking system. It is called COVID Safe. It is a, an Apple-based and Google-based app, which is available to the 20 million inhabitants of Australia. It is administered by the federal government, the Department of Health. Um, it is a voluntary program. Uh, you can download the app. Um, if you have been exposed to a coronavirus carrier, you will be contacted much more quickly if you are at risk. And when you download the app in Australia, you're provided to submit your name, your telephone number, your postcode, and your age range. Um, in the event that you have been exposed to a coronavirus carrier, you will receive a text message. And then once again, you move on to contacting your doctor, getting tested, going into isolation. So COVID safe is the Australian tracking system, which is actually in place now. It's being adopted as we speak. And again, that is something you can Google and you can follow how the Australians are adopting the COVID safe app. I cite Australia because, uh, because of their common law tradition and with similar concerns about privacy, individual rights that we have here in the United States. So uh, I will be following the adoption of the COVID safe app in Australia very closely. And hopefully there are some best practices that we can learn from our friends in Australia as they, uh, as they implement their COVID safe app. Now, the COVID Safe app in Australia was, was actually developed based on the Singapore app called Trace Together. Uh, Trace Together was another tracking app developed in Singapore. It is based on a WhatsApp application, and it has been operating since late February. Uh, Singapore has been uh, very successful in containing its COVID outbreak among uh, the local population. The Singapore version, Trace Together, uh, is probably not as sensitive on the issue of 
personal privacy as we would expect here in the United States or in Australia. And for that reason, the Australians have, uh, have adapted the Singapore application to reflect Australian civil rights and Australian sensitivities when it comes to personal privacy and other civil rights. So um, this will be an ongoing story as we talk over the next few weeks and review the apps which are going to be coming down at the state level and the local health authority level. So stay tuned for future podcasts on this subject. And by all means, make sure that you do sign up for an app. As I said earlier, coming back to our question, which began our podcast, my health or my privacy, does it have to be a choice? Number one, your health always comes first. Your health is going to supersede privacy. It certainly does in my case. I urge all my listeners to take a a similar perspective Make sure that you download the app when it becomes available uh, in your state or in your locality or the country, wherever you might be listening to this podcast, because at the end of the day, we're still in the early stages of this pandemic and we do need to defeat it. My sources for today's podcast were the BBC, Business Insider, and the Australian Government Department of Health. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Experience. This is your host, Jim Herlihy, signing off from America's favorite city, San Francisco.